Hey, this is Amber. Today's episode is called Running Scared, and you may notice that there's no mention of COVID, racial tensions, or even issues pertaining to the upcoming presidential election. I recorded this podcast long before I knew what we would be facing in August. But here's the beautiful thing. God's truths are timeless. His promises are things that we can cling to no matter what is in front of us. So though I did not know what we were going to be facing in August, this much I do know. God is still on the throne. He's bigger than anything that we have before us, and we can trust him. Hello and welcome to Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson. Today's episode is called Running Scared, and I'm hopefully going to try to convince you and me that um, there's no reason for us as Christians to run scared. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school. I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017. I've written two books for them. Really what you need to know is that I love the Lord and I love the Word of God. And I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us and that He notices us and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word and to show them how awesome it is and to really get them to a place that they want to know and love God more. That's kind of my mission in life in a nutshell. I have to tell you that yesterday when I was pulling in from the gym, we have a very long driveway, and a squirrel, a squirrel ran in front of my van. And it didn't just like cross the driveway. <laughs> it just sort of kept zigzagging back and forth in the driveway in front of me. I slowed down, of course. But I was just thinking how that squirrel in that moment was just sort of running scared. There was no rhyme or a rhythm to what he was doing. He was just running scared up and down the driveway and not just crossing the driveway and getting to that point of safety and just staying there. And it seems to me that that's what we do so often when these struggles in life come up or these situations in life where we're not sure what's going to happen or how it's going to turn out. And we sort of just run scared. We run from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next. Should I do this? No, maybe I should do this. Wait, maybe I should do this. Instead of the doing the one thing that we should be doing. And that is to go to God and to pray for him to intervene, to enter the situation, and then calmly stay there in his presence, in his arms, knowing he has got the situation completely and totally under control. Now, let me convince you and me both of this. (laughs) So... In 2 Kings and in 2 Chronicles, we are told about the Assyrian king who came against Jerusalem when Hezekiah was king. And clearly, the Assyrian army was much more powerful than Hezekiah's. It was a non-issue. There was no, you know, it wasn't as if, well, maybe we'll make it. It was 
crazy the way they were outnumbered. So the commander of the Assyrian army came to Hezekiah and from the wall, he yelled to the people and he basically said, look, you know, and we know you don't have a chance. So if you're smart at all, you're going to surrender. Because if you don't surrender, you're going to be sitting here drinking your own urine, eating your own filth, and we're going to take you over. But if you surrender, we're going to take you to our land and we'll give you a nice house and you can have your own cistern for water. You can have your own fig tree. You can live happily ever after. So, you know, let's just do this our way, guys. And Hezekiah encouraged the people and he's like, don't worry. The arm of the Lord is with us and he is so much stronger than the arm of flesh. Now, from all physical appearances, that was a really silly thing to say. Because it didn't look like there was anything great with with the Israelite people. And it looked like the vast Assyrian army was a whole lot bigger and a whole lot stronger. But Hezekiah was 100% right. Because as you read on, Hezekiah went before the Lord with Isaiah the prophet. And um, God told Isaiah, he, the king of Assyria, will go back the way he came and he won't come into the city. I will shield this city to rescue it for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. And then we're told that night, the Lord's angel went out and killed 185,000 soldiers in the Assyrian camp. massive victory for Hezekiah. And Hezekiah didn't fight at all. And we see this so often throughout the Old Testament. I mean, if we think at all that it has anything to do with us, we are just thinking wrong. David and Goliath. Who made that victory happen? God, 100%. All throughout the book of Judges, God has these Weak people doing these amazing things to bring the people to victory. Or even better, he has these weak people standing around holding jars, blowing a trumpet while he has the victory. Or how about with Deborah when um, God just has all the wheels fall off the other, the enemy chariots. So it's not anything that The Israel army is doing, God's doing it all for him. What's happening? The Israelites are putting their future in God's hands and God is delivering. If you ever wonder if it's a silly thing to go to God and just rest in him, let let me remind you of when Elisha was surrounded. So Elisha had been telling the king all the plans of the king of Aram. The king of Aram would make all these plans and Elisha kept saying to the Israelite king, hey, you need to be careful because he's setting up an ambush for you here. And so finally the king of Aram is like, okay, where's the mole? Who is telling the king of Israel all these plans that we have? And the people um, around the king of Aram say, well, guess what? It's not us. It's actually Elisha the prophet. He knows what you're going to do before you do it. It's like he just understands and he knows this stuff. So the king of Aram said, well, this is is an easy enough thing to do. Then we have to get Elisha the prophet. 
And so overnight, he and his troops surround the city. And Elisha's servant wakes up in the morning. He's like, oh, no, what are we going to do? This is not good. We are surrounded. And this is how it goes from there. Don't be afraid. The prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Oh, how much is going on that we're not seeing? We are so afraid all the time, and yet we're surrounded by angels. It's not as if we are beyond God's view. <laughs> like he, he just forgot to watch for us today. Remember when Jesus calmed the storm? This, this raging storm that had the disciples at their wit's end. And afterwards, he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Have you not seen how God has delivered you a million times before? Jairus came to Jesus, and his daughter was very gravely ill. And Jesus started to head to his house, and then he was stopped by a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. And as he healed her, and it took some time, and there was a discussion that took place, and then some friends of Jairus came and said, you know what, your daughter's dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. And Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe. And then he headed Jairus' house and he raised his daughter from the dead. So many places in scripture we are told, don't be afraid. Remember when the people are headed into Canaan to take the land. And again, God has promised to go before them and defeat their enemies. So they just have to show up. The walls of Jericho fell down when the people marched around him. So they weren't there with chisels, working super hard, trying to get it done. No, God defeated the enemies, right? And Joshua said to the people, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Why are we so often afraid? Why do we tremble? And why do we just instantaneously Go into terror instead of instantaneously going into trust mode. We've been here before. We know what's going to happen. God's going to have control of the situation. We don't need to freak out. Jesus said, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. So sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What if we make walking with God our treasure? The thing we want more than anything is just to walk with God all the days of our lives. Just to do his will, walk with him, go where he asks us to go, do what he asks us to do. If that is our treasure, if that is our heart's desire, we are never going to be unfulfilled because God promises to be with us. And he's the most powerful entity in the universe. 
I had a meme that I put on uh, my Facebook page once that said something like, and this is why I'm not afraid to face the day. And it showed this woman behind her was this huge lion. (laughs) If you knew God was with you wherever you went, walking into any situation, and if you knew and understood his power, why would you ever be afraid? Why would I ever be afraid? (laughs) If we just make God our treasure, and if we put our trust in him, I'm pretty sure we can walk into any situation. You know, Paul, the Apostle Paul, he went all throughout the world preaching and teaching, and he had so many things happen to him. He was shipwrecked. He was um, stoned and left for dead. People chased him out of town, but God was always with him. He went to prison. He was beaten. and But you know what? God was always there with him. Yeah, he was out on a, on a ship in the middle of a terrible storm. For 14 days, they didn't see the stars and they didn't see the sun. That would be terrifying. But God brought him through. No matter what the terrifying situations in our life, no matter how the devil rages against us, we can stand with the Lion of Judah behind us saying, okay, the storm is raging, but guess who's got my back? Guess what's going on? Just recently, far too recently, one of my kids was the object of a smear campaign. And if you don't have young children, or teens, I should say, not young children, if you don't have teens, you may not understand this, but our teens are living in a day and age where with a click of a button, people can spread lies about you, can say terrible things about you. People who were once your friends, who know your deepest fears and your innermost secrets, they can spread those just on Snapchat or on Instagram or in messages with hundreds of people. So one of my children found out that uh, a friend of theirs who had been a close friend for two years decided to smear this child's name and started spreading terrible rumors about this my child. And this happened on a Sunday night. And So as a family, we were trying to, you know, wade through this. Well, is there any truth to this? No, no, I haven't done this. Okay, so there's no truth to this. So some people are going to believe it because they don't know you. But a lot of people are going to see through this and see that this isn't the truth. And then you're going to have to defend yourself among some people who are going to come to you and say, dude, did you really do this? Or or were you involved in this? So what are you going to do? You're going to say, you know what? No. Someone decided to lie about me. So the next day, this child of mine has to go to school. (laughs) And it's not the easiest thing to do when someone has smeared your name. So we talked through it, and I said, you know, you were going to go, and you were going to hold your head high. And you were going to hold your head high for two reasons. One, because you know it's not true. And two, because now you understand what it's like to be in this situation, and you will forever be changed. You will forever be empathetic when you get one of these messages on your phone. You will either delete the message immediately, or you will go to the person that it's about and say, I'm not going to believe this. 
for this time and this way, and I'm going to stand beside you. And even if you did do this, there's hope. There's forgiveness. And this is not what we do. We don't spread it. We don't broadcast it against other people. I was just reminded with the smear campaign of 1 John 3.13 that says, Do not be surprised, my brother, if the world hates you. We shouldn't be surprised and we shouldn't fall into terror if there's a smear campaign suddenly against us. If people are spreading lies, if people are telling the rest of the world how horrible we are, you know what? That's fine. They can do that. Because again, who do we have with us? Dale Carnegie said this, Instead of worrying about what people will say about you, why not spend time trying to accomplish something they will admire? And that's what I told my child. I said, you know, you live the way you're supposed to live, and people are going to see it. They're going to see that you're an honorable person. They're going to see that this isn't you, and your reputation will stand for itself. You don't have to defend yourself to everybody because there's a lot of people who don't know you, and if they knew you, they would know better. And you know what? There's a lot of people who don't care. Even if you defend yourself, they're going to believe the rumors. And that's okay too. You go and you live your life. And you walk with God. And you let him sort it out. Because he will. You know, David had a lot of people when he was king who, who whispered against him all throughout the Psalms. I've been reading a psalm or two every morning. And it's just been a great way to start my day. But so often David is saying, Lord, my enemies are talking about me. They're saying terrible things. Lord, set the record straight. And I think that's what we have to do, and that's where we have to leave things. When people go against us, we can be terrified, and it can be embarrassing and hard to go back out and face the day, but we just have to let God sort it out. Today in my reading, I was reading from, it looks like it's Psalm 68, and Verse 17 said this, The chariots of God are 20,000 in number, thousands upon thousands, and the Lord is among them. When we walk with God, he is right there with us with all those chariots. Just a few verses down, it says, Thanks be to the Lord who daily carries our burdens for us. He can handle these things so we don't have to. We don't have to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. We just have to handle our burdens over to God, knowing that he can handle them. So you know what, guys? We don't have to run scared. And we don't have to shrivel in fear when we get news and when things happen that we don't know how to handle. We just need to go straight to the person who can handle them. We need to walk with God and walk right up to him and say, here's the burden for the day. I can't handle it, but I know you can. You've got this. I'm giving it to you. So I'm going to remind you of that. And you remember to remind me of that too, guys. This has been Little Things. Because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. Thank you, as always, for your support. Not just for me individually, but for time of grace. We so appreciate your prayers and your encouragement. And please remember, if you have the chance and if God puts it in your heart, please remember time of grace with your financial contributions so we can share this message and others with it, like it, with many more people. 